podcast. You guys, please give a warm welcome to my friend Jamie hey. and my other friend Summer.
just, uh, George gave very little direction about that. Everybody sort of uh, intuitively shuffled um, because we were dead and so our bodies were deteriorating. And so then, hence the, the big discussion about fast moving zombies years later when the movie started coming out of those. Yeah, yeah, you're deteriorating, so everything doesn't quite work. There was a, a discussion about how much, how does your, how do your muscles keep working if you're dead, and some of the stuff is broken, and some of it is eaten, and so. Uh, we did hire some real amputees, which made our job somewhat easier during Dawn of the Dead. I don't remember if that kept going later. Uh, some people really did not have any legs or arms or limbs. And so they, of course, had a realistic movement, different, difficult movement. So did, did you guys get a new direction? No, I was going to say the same thing. There was no direction, just do your thing. So you just That's do, you said, do your thing. Walk slow. Walk slow, do your thing. Walk slow, do your thing. Well, Jamie is a big fan of slow zombies. I'm, I'm a yeah, purist. I love the slow zombies. <laughs> Okay, so I would love to know, how did you guys get involved and what was your audition like? Did you audition or did you just, if you want to be a zombie, show up. I was best friends with Tom Savini at Carnegie Mellon University, and so he said, we're going to go do this movie, and off we went. Uh, so we were doing the special effects. We quickly realized there, were no, there was no stunt crew, so we said, hey, that's us. So Tom and I did all the stunts in Dawn of the Dead, and then, um, um, so there was no audition for me. I, I was there as a crew member, and then we just kept adding bits, uh, including our characters, which we invented, and George was just, yep, great, that's terrific, and he just kept adding bits that we were coming up with. I don't know how he did it, because, uh, and we realized later that he really was a genius in his head, like Alfred Hitchcock. He was editing. So, you know, we would come up with these crazy ideas. Hey, I got this idea, we can do this, we can do that. And he would say, yeah, and that's great. Well, then he had to cut and edit the movie instantly in his head where we could insert these great ideas. Uh, and some of them got in, so that was really cool. So I was in college, and we had the old phone booths, and I saw a flyer that Which said- Which call? Well, Morris. So there was a sign up that said they were looking for extras for a movie, and there was a phone booth, and so I started calling the number, and it kept like busy, fast busy, like it was disconnected. Well, we didn't have cell phones back then, so I went home, and I thought, well, I'll, I'll try to call again. It was still busy. So I thought, maybe whoever put that on that flyer transposed the numbers. So I started calling different combinations of numbers, and John Amplis was handling the extras, and so he answered and um, just said, you know, show up here, bring as many people as you can. I brought neighbors and theater people and my boyfriend at the time and uh, did all that, and then they just said, wear what you would in your profession or whatever. So being a college student, or whatever college students were. 
So wait a minute. The phone number was wrong. It was wrong. <laughs> and you just I just started playing numbers. It was like I was eight, nine, nine, so yeah, I just kept calling them. Did you tell John? I, I told John. Yes, that's why no one called. That's right. And basically I just followed, you know. The girl. Follow the girl. That's how I got there. Thanks, man, a good zombie. Use the mic, Paul. Yeah. Um, one of the things it takes to be a good zombie is a good makeup artist. Come on, tell your story how you got And how'd you get started? Yeah, on the, on the set. That's a good story. Uh, I was playing in the band called Fluid, and um, there was, um, I think it was, uh, I think it was Joe Shelby um, who, um, such an iconic image. I'm sure some of us in this room have that poster or image on our walls. <laughs> um, Joe Shelby was on the crew. Gotcha. Joe Shelby was on the crew. Okay, and um, we'd also, you know, obviously the makeup was really amazing. Um, we'd love to just hear a little bit about what the makeup process was like. How long did it take you guys to get ready? Um, looking back now, of course, the makeup was amateurish, but at the time, yeah. we were out there uh, experimenting and studying and seeing what else had been done. Not much uh, um, in that respect. George liked to see everything. He wanted to see details. He wanted to see the destruction of the bodies. He wanted to see the stabbing and the shooting and the rotting. He didn't like it when movies cut away. You see the gun come out, and you cut away, and you hear the gunshot. He didn't like that. He wanted to see, he wanted the audience to see the destruction of what, what we were causing. And so that was, that was difficult and interesting. Um, and so, there was something else I was gonna say, I had a damn red, it shot right out of my head. The, it, we glued it on. We had so many extras. We had a room mm, maybe three times the size of this room up in the Monroeville Mall where we gathered. It was like a green room and costumes and makeup all in one. Um, and uh, people sat in it for hours like they do on any movie set. And so we got there at 9 o'clock when the shopping mall closed. And we were there all night long until 4 or 5 in the morning when they were starting to reopen. And we had tables, a long set of tables set up along one wall uh, where uh, Tom and myself and Jeannie Jeffries and three or four others, Denise and John Amplis. Uh, and so uh, there was a series of makeup stations. So the people who were in the background, that sort of general gray makeup and some blood splotches and some other material costume would be written. And then the closer you got to the camera, uh, or specific, your death or your part, you got, you got more detailed makeup. And um, Tom had hundreds of baking trays full of latex 
goo uh, and, and scabs and makeup. And we just pulled them off at random and glued them onto people's faces and then colored them. And that was a lot of the makeup. Rotting teeth, that kind of stuff was easy. Uh, I remember what it was. We were doing it because we were some of the first people doing this stuff. We were doing it live uh, and not CGI. There was no computers back then, so that's what made that movie so amazing. But 90% of it worked. Oh yeah, that chess piece. We can talk about that later. Um, but I ended up doing it because there were so many zombies. I wasn't involved in the makeup process in the beginning, but Jeannie Jeffries, who was helping out as well, because there were so many, she said, hey, if you want to help, we can use your help. So I basically just did the gray and some blood, sort of like that. But um, it was um, it was some really elaborate, elaborate like like Paul's makeup. What they do for you? Yeah, I remember. Um, a little bit about, I think, being in a makeup trailer. Um, but um, I don't. Um, you were not in the mall, Paul. You were out at the airport. Yeah. So you had an actual trailer set up for makeup and costume off of the side. Yeah, that's what I remember. But I also remember being very uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> that takes, you know, it took what, an hour for them to do your makeup? Maybe two to do your makeup. Nobody took the stuff off. <laughs> okay, putting it on is one thing, taking it off is another. Just gray? You were just gray? Okay, I have something about the gray. A lot of the makeup, because nobody had done it before, a lot of the makeup, including the gray that we put on people and the blood, they were coming from Germany. There was a company, and I can't remember the name of it right now. But we had to send away for it, it was coming from Germany. And most of it matched. Every once in a while we get a batch that was completely different color. And some of the zombies came out blue, some came out really dark gray, some came out much lighter gray. 3M did the blood, because we had not talked to Dick Smith uh, until we went to do Friday the 13th. Dick Smith invented the blood formula that everybody uses now with carrot syrup and the food coloring. Um, back then, there was no, there was, you couldn't just go out and buy gallons of blood like you can now. So we bought uh, stage blood from 3M Company, and it was, it looked like you can see now in the pictures, it, it looked very comic book, uh, very obviously fake. Which, you know, was kind of a good thing. Back then, people were shocked. Anyway, a, a movie in general with all the blood. And so, uh, something that Dick Smith said later when he was doing Taxi Driver, um, and uh, Robert De Niro shoots the guy in the hand and his fingers fly off and the blood is spurting out. The, all the censors and the producers, they said, this is too realistic. And they changed the tint on the film to change the color of the blood because it was too realistic. So, that kind of helped in Dawn of the Dead, everybody, it helped everybody cope with the fact that there was so much blood that it was kind of a fake, bright red color. So I want to know, did you guys meet? Um, did you know each other on the set, or did you already? We were dating, yeah. Yeah, as I said, dragged him along. Like so he was the boyfriend at the time. He was. That became more. <laughs> the way you said that, I was like, he's no longer in the picture. <laughs> It worked 
escalator zombie, you know, maybe go to the escalator and he's got the, the bullet. And he could only come for uh, that night because he said, you have to come, it's so much fun. And um, he came and they would say, okay, so who wants to die today? Okay, so the That's how Jimmy is. So then he said, I have to go, I can't stay anyway. So he didn't mind being dead and going to escalate. Four seconds of fame. Four seconds of fame. It's more than most of us have, so. Um, are there any audience questions at the moment? Not yet? Okay. No? Okay, moving on. Um, what is the impact that this whole thing has had on your lives? It's pretty amazing, right? Right. Well, um, we were still in college, and this was the first movie experience, um, and it was just so much fun that we kept going. I kept going, did more movies after that. And they, they almost became less and less fun as they became more professional. Um, and so, I don't know, there was something lost. You know, and we look back on that now and going, geez, we were just kids. We were kids in the mall. We had grown up shopping with our parents. And uh, we got to run around at night when it was closed and all the stores were closed and it was just like, like it was a great time, like a playground. Uh, and well, and George is, is key to that because he made it like that. There was no, he wasn't a tyrant, there was no screaming, there was no yelling. We came up with these great ideas and he said, fine, and he let us do it. And you can't, there's no movie that will ever do that today. You can't do that and make it work like that. So that was kind of magical. Well, and saying too that George would allow sort of free reign with that. They also allowed something they don't allow anymore, where they could take pictures just on the set. People, everybody had cameras. Everybody took pictures. Yeah, phones. Yeah, right. Cameras. Yeah. You had to develop, guys. Yeah. No process. Yeah, right. It was a whole photo map and photo hut and all those things. But how much fun? They come in. Somebody from the movie come in and say, "Hey." In the room, everybody's sitting, reading, or, or snapping, or eating, and they go, hey, who wants to die? <laughs> and people are like, yeah, I'm ready. I'm going to kill you. Yeah, or we need, you know, 30 bodies to be on top of each other, and then you're all dead. You know? and, uh, but, but it was, the, the pictures were really funny because everybody was, could take them. It was just, it was very, very relaxed. Very George relaxed. was very relaxed, and I think that set the tone for everybody to to be that way, and you know, he had, he didn't need to give a lot of direction. I don't think a lot of people knew what they were doing. They weren't, you know, it was just just do your thing. Um, for us, um, I had done some theater and things, and I would have probably continued on, but you know, life gets in the way. You get married, you have kids, you have jobs and things. It's not exactly something easy to do, but we start reliable. Oh, right, or at least started to get involved um, for the 40th anniversary of Dawn of the Dead. We lived near the Miracle Mall where it was all filmed, so that was easy for us. And you know, this is our first kind of out-of-state one, so um, it's fun. It's a lot of fun, and, and the, like we always say the fans are great because it's just, there's some conventions, you know, you have, the fans are different, I guess. It's sort of like, the, they, they, it's not like that here. It's just all very homey, very family. We're all a family. Yeah. yeah. We all there was no way I was ever doing this. Um, I was a, a top-notch athlete when I was growing up, and this was nothing that I would ever have done. So 
when Denise said, oh, this will be fun, come on, let's do it. I said, okay, I'll go along because as her cousin Jimmy would say, we were young and there was good food and uh, we would go and we would go to sleep and in this, like also was saying, in this huge room, they would come by and say, okay, who wants to be a zombie and who wants to be in this scene? And we would go do it. George would say, just, he gave us like a five minute uh, explanation of what he wanted us to do, and then we were off doing it. And um, so that was my, my uh, memories of doing this. And it was, who thought 40 years later, now almost 50 years later, that it would be this big. We never did, we just went for the fun. And um, I'm glad I did, I don't, um, I'm, I'm glad I was there for it. So I did something right. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have another thing right. The spawn is right in the front. I have a spawn. So he's 100% zombie. So <laughs> whenever they ask about nationalities, we say 100% zombie. Right I'd rather son too, but he's sort of low key about it. <laughs> just started doing conventions last year, all or two, year, two years ago. Because we were extras and not as involved as Tossa was, we 
were there for the whole filming there, and then there were a couple of scenes that weren't there in the mall, but we didn't see it. So we all saw the screening, the screening of it. What, what scared me was when Roger comes back from that one scared me. Uh, that too, yeah, but it was a bit more when he sits up, you know, when he sits up and he, and that was, Roger, Roger yeah, that was, no, no, but that's scary too, but you kind of expect that kind of gory, but when he sat up, that was kind of scary, but I was going to say, just getting back to how relaxed it was, um, they had a birthday party for George during that filming, and um, they had a great big cake, and then everybody, do you remember that? No. No, you remember that? You must have been busy. But they, <laughs> but they had a uh, big cake and everybody saying happy birthday. And so that was kind of fun to, to just really, uh, again, it was, you didn't feel like, um, like on a set or a movie or something where you were so, everybody's nervous and nobody talks. It just wasn't like that. Seeing everything being put together, um, all the editing, I was in the photography industry for 30 years and I wanted to be a color timer where they take the different scenes, they put them together and they have to blend them so you can't, your eye cannot see the, uh, when, they, when they put it on, yeah, all the cuts. So um, the one part when we were in Monroe the Mall there was somebody, I don't remember who they were now, but they were on the roof or they were standing, I'm sorry, they were, on, they were on a ladder and all they did was drop a tennis ball over and over and over and I asked what that was all about and they said you'll see when the movie's put together and that's from when they were on the roof and I think it was, was it Ken? Ken was playing, he was yeah. playing tennis and the ball went over the roof but seeing it, it looked like it was from the roof but it was really only from the top of a six foot ladder so that was interesting um, for, what was the original question? I'm going off the oh. um, Just you know, um, what was kind of your thoughts when you first saw the final project? You know, were you scared? Did you just have fun with it? Like you kind of talked about? I always like the gore parts of things. The, the movies with uh, the gory or the better. In fact, I'm a wound care nurse now. Uh, so anybody that has a wound here, you can come and see me. <laughs> I just thought it was amazing that the makeup and, and the more he did and with the, with the uh, uh, hatches going into the heads and the blood coming out, and it, that was just all so exciting to me being in the industry and seeing how it was all put together when you went to that, that premiere. So it was... Um, you know, it was kind of surreal seeing that because, oh man, is that how we did that? And it looked so real, but then you knew how they did it, so it was like, oh. So that was my, that was just my thought. How about you, Paul? Um, how did it feel to kind of see the final product put together? How did it see to, uh, how did it feel to see like the final product? It's pretty, pretty incredible. I, I didn't see the final product for a lot of years. I remember, uh, one, one thing I remember about uh, these conventions is how passionate people are about, uh, about uh, zombies and these particular movies. Uh, it, uh, George Romero was involved with. So yeah, um, backing up with that, you already talked about how it was fun working with Romero and you, but you guys just kind of have free reign and do your own thing and it's really relaxed about it. Do you have any favorite onset memories of this battle? Oh, I don't know. Go ahead. Or maybe not some favorite memories, you know? Is there anything you're like, oh? Um, 
Mm, gosh, there's so many. Onset memories. Favorite onset memory? We're not favorite. Okay. Oh, we're not favorite. Here's, here's one. I came out of the green room, so there's this enormous room. We're all resting and doing our makeup, doing and just relaxing. And, uh, I don't think I got a call. Maybe I got a call. I came out and there's a door and then there's a long hallway to get to the mall. This was a conference room or something, but way back down the secret hallway. So I came out of the room and I was going down the hallway and this was you know, three o'clock in the morning. And Tom Savini, he had done his jump, his death scene the week before. And he jumped from the balcony down to a big crash pad that we had installed on the marble floor down the first floor and he missed. He over jumped and so his body hit the mat but his feet came down hard on, on both his heels and he crashed and he crushed them and so he walked around with canes for weeks after that and uh, so he had a golf cart. He and Gary, can't remember the guy who was doing the guns exploding. Gary Zeller. Thank you, Gary Zeller. He and Gary Zeller were in the golf cart. And so I'm walking down this hallway, which is a little tunnel, <coughs> long tunnel, and around the corner, screech at high speed comes Tom and Gary Zeller. And you can see their eyes are red and blazing. They are completely fucked up. <laughs> screech around and bash into the wall, and they're, now they're coming at high speed, and they spot me. They're tossing, let's get him. And I'm like, what? And I'm halfway down the tunnel between the conference room and the mall. There's nowhere to go. I'm like a rat. <laughs> and, and they come at me full speed in this golf cart, and I just jumped up over the thing, and they blasted me at high speed. And there was a black shoe mark on the ceiling of that hallway for years. It may still be there from me spinning up and scraping the top of the room. They just ran me over. Had his stomach ripped apart and the intestines come out. 
I was standing right, beside, right behind where they were doing the filming, and like Denise said earlier, George would say, you can take pictures, but don't get in the way. So we were back behind there, and I was looking right down over top of it, taking all the pictures. In fact, we have one in a couple in our uh, magazines that are, that are out. But, um, but that was one of them. And the other story was, like Denise was saying also, is you got to meet a lot of people that you're still friends with today. And Jeannie Jeffries is, is a friend of ours, and um, we were talking one day, and she said that the funniest story that she had was because they were using squibs for the blood, they put them all in condoms, and they would just explode the condoms. And she said when they would go into the drugstore and ask for 12 dozen condoms, <laughs> the, uh, the cashiers would look at them like, okay. Good night. <laughs> Yeah, taking the makeup off. <laughs> How long did it take to take it off? That, that, yeah, well, so we were inventing all this fantastic makeup that is now obviously very famous. Everybody talks about the makeup, but Paul's exactly right. <laughs> Tom and I and I, all everybody else was we took all the all the trouble and all the work and all the details to get the makeup on, but then at the end of the night we were gone. You were on your own to get this stuff off. And there was no easy way to get it off. Some of the stuff, like my chest piece for the, the guts, we glued it on with the strongest glue we could find at the time. I don't remember what it was, but there was almost no way short of gasoline to get that off. And so we all went home with pieces of rubber stuck to us somewhere. And you know, if you tried just to pull it, your, your skin came with it. So you ended up looking like a zombie when you were done. Uh, yeah, we were, we were pretty much on here, so nobody talks about that. All the makeup was great until you tried to take it off. <laughs> they used actual, was it lamb intestines? Yes, for the, the guts. Yeah. yeah, the guts. Right, the, and so again, we were inventing all this stuff, and you can invent scars, you can invent blood, you can invent a lot of that stuff. But when you know, Jordan wanted me to get my guts ripped out, Tom said, I'm not gonna make something like that. I'll just go to the butcher down the street from my house in Bluefield and get a bag of lamb intestines, which he did. And uh, I had to wear it, so I cleaned them for hours in the sink with hot water. I cleaned his lamb intestines. They weren't as bad as years later for David. That was a nightmare. Yeah, people had to put them in their mouths, so you know, at least I cleaned them a little bit. Else. There was something else about the makeup, and I can't remember what it was. I'll think of it in a minute. Yeah, makeup's tricky. I did a movie a couple years ago, and they basically spray painted me like green. And it wouldn't come off at the end of the day. So there was like two people working on my backside, and they're trying to scrub it off. I'm like, I just don't want to be green anymore. <laughs> so makeup's tricky, oh, yeah. guys. It's not fun. <laughs> I look like Gumby. <laughs> um, and I just want to check again, does any audience members have any questions? Okay. Uh, are you familiar with George's other movies when you did this? Were you guys familiar with George's other movies when you did this? Just in case anyone didn't hear that. So, a little bit. I know Night of the Living Dead. Um, not as many, uh, from what I'm understanding, he had other ones. Um, but uh, probably not as much. And again, it was at a time where 
he was already making a name for himself, but it wasn't as mainstream, I guess I would say. I knew the Night of the Living Dead. I had seen that because I was into the horror movie uh, scene, and um, but other than that, uh, I didn't. Uh, I remember um, basically um, all that I did. I think I was hired as an extra, and um, I showed up and did what they told me to do. Went home, and I don't think the makeup. It was a learning process. So Tom had learned the hard way how to do makeup. Tom is now the big famous makeup guy now. Well, he had to start somewhere. His hero was Lon Chaney, who did all his own makeup, Man of a Thousand Faces. And so Tom wanted to do that. So he read up as much as he could about how Lon Chaney had done stuff. Well, Lon Chaney took coat hangers I stuffed them up his nose to do you know, a lot of his. So it was all hands-on, hardcore, physical stuff. Uh, he said when he was learning, he read something about sticking these pieces on with spirit gum, which we all use in acting class now. Well, he didn't read it right. He thought it said spearmint gum. <laughs> so he chewed up a bunch of bubble gum and tried sticking it on his face, and that didn't work. So. He took his young then wife and tried to cast her head to do his first, you know, casting to make it. And he plastered her head to the kitchen table and had to get it off with a hammer and chisel. So it was a whole learning process. So when it came to Dawn of the Dead sticking the makeup on, that was fine. You're on your own to get it off. And then we kind of like lost and said, what was the best way to do it? And there really wasn't a good way. some other audience questions out there? Us 
society in general. This is where we're going. How do you feel about that? Uh, and yeah, he's, he had the black hero, Night of the Living Dead, you know, back in the 60s and then in the 70s. And uh, they were kind of with white women, you know, because that was some sort of taboo back then. Well, he didn't like that, that that was taboo. So he said something about it in his movies. And people still didn't talk about it because they thought maybe it's just kind of coincidence. I don't know. George was way ahead of his time on so many levels. I was going to say George was woke back then, <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, as a college student, I wasn't as involved, of course, woke as I am now. But um, so I didn't really realize that. And again, when you're just filming those little bits, it's not like you see the overall. And I didn't realize it either until afterwards. And people would say all of his movies had, you know, something different in it. But, wow. Where was that vision? Much, very much a visionary. I was clueless. <laughs> I was a baseball player. I was just there and uh, fighting. Yeah, I was. Uh, I was a musician who uh, needed a couple extra dollars. Trust me, it was only a couple. Like I said before, I just um, showed up uh, and did what they told me to do. Uh, I seem to remember that it rained and it rained and they were filming. It just made it uh, all that much more uncomfortable. Uh, I'm, I'm glad, uh, I'm glad that, I mean, I got to meet a lot of really cool people, fans. Thank you guys. Thank you.